Hello one, hello all, and welcome to episode 31 of The Rock Zone. In this episode, Ben and I are joined by Lucy, and we review High Rocks London, which has just happened. And, well, some of you might remember Lucy from episode number four, and our first ever guest on the show. She is a prolific CrossFit athlete and a High Rocks enthusiast, and was supposed to be racing with us, but annoyingly she got injured just before the race, which is a real bummer. However, that did not stop her from bringing loads and loads of energy to the race and, well, getting a lot of insight as to what happened on Saturday um, as our roving reporter, which is excellent. So we quiz her, she quizzes us, loads of good stuff to come your way. The only other thing I'm going to say is we mentioned social media updates, what's happened on there a little bit. If you don't follow us already, please do check us out on Instagram and TikTok. Rockzone Pod is where you'll find us. And the last thing that I'm going to say is sorry in advance for a little bit of echo in the audio. We are trying our very, very best to fix this. And well, Last thing, actually, I'm going to say is we have launched a T-shirt, hopefully by the time this episode comes out. Some of you who have been to the Birmingham and London event would have seen people wear a very overly cartoonized warble with a funny slogan written on the back, which Ben and I have designed. And, well, we're making it available for everyone with the hope that we can raise enough funds to eventually and finally sort out these bloody audio issues. Anyway, I'm rambling. Let's get into the episode. Roxone in. Hope you enjoy and see you soon. So, who's introing this one? Uh, our guest. Mm. Yes, we're at it. Oh, God. Yep. What do I have to say? What's up, guys? Welcome to the Roxone. I don't think I could you do listen either. To, you listen I, to enough of these. I don't think I could do any of you justice by trying to impersonate you. Just I, try and impersonate oh. Ben. Just be louder than life and it's Ben. Hi guys, uh, welcome to the Rock Zone. It is Lucy here. Today we're going to get into the weeds of... <laughs> oh, brilliant. Lucy did that so well. I mean, it's like I was in the room. Um, as you guys can probably tell, Lucy is joining us this week uh, to help us review London. This week it was obviously London at the Excel Arena in the east, yeah, east of London. Yeah, I have lived in London my whole life. That should be more common knowledge. Um, it was a fantastic day. I mean, guys, how did you find it? Uh, I'll, I'll jump in and say hi. Um, and also excuse Tom's absence. Oh, He's yeah, not joining us today. Mm. But we do have Lucy, uh, who kissed the microphone and did a peace <laughs> sign there. As if he was dead. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Dead to us, not on, the, <laughs> not on the review app. That's it. Uh, no, it was great. It was well. No, it wasn't great. But mm. we'll get into it. Lucy, how was your experience? I loved it. I mean, it was it was bittersweet for me. Obviously, I was meant to be well, not obviously. I was meant to be competing in my second doubles this year with my partner Finn, um, but like a month ago, I managed to pull a muscle in my back doing a high rocks <laughs> prep workout. Ironically enough, um, so unfortunately I had to take three weeks off of exercise completely. So Saturday I was in full cheerleading mode. I had the Rock Zone tee on. I was there supporting my friends Ellen Finn. I was there supporting you, Max, then you, Ben, and then another friend in the evening. So 
Full on day. You were, Full day. You were a proper cheerleader that day. And oh, also yeah. our roaming reporter with the microphone. Mm. So a massive thank you uh, for taking that mantle. Well, the to give you a little bit of context, perhaps, um, for all of you who don't know, Lucy was our first ever guest on this show way back when, episode four or something, I think it was. Mm, yeah. um, went down very well. And... Uh, we were, were, as you might know, we're somewhat scarce on the female department, so um, we thought... Recycle the one you've already done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> ben was also shaking his head there. I'm going to put a nice little footnote to this and uh, just move on. Yes, um, please. So, <laughs> so, London. London was a fantastic whirlwind event, and I think what we're going to touch on in this episode is unpacking uh, what went on, not specifically through the lens of our races, but more through as a spectator or walking around or actually sort of comparing and contrasting it to other High Rocks experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and we also reached out to you guys online and had some fantastic comments of people come in with their experiences of how they thought London went. Uh, so we'll be touching on those as well. But to start off and set the scene, I guess it's the XL Arena. It's obviously another exhibition centre. It was quite a journey to get to for some people uh, all over the country coming down. But even as someone that lives in London, multiple legs to get across about an hour journey for us living in uh, West London. Um, but you get to the XL Arena and you walk in and you are met with the fantastic energy that you always get at the High Rocks event. What was your first impressions walking into the hall this time? So my first impression, so I think as you're coming, I got off the DLR and as you're coming up, you're first greeted with the, I think there's like a Jurassic Park exhibition. So you're like, why are there loads of children coming to watch, watch High Rocks? I was like, why are there loads of seven-year-olds traipsing in to watch a load of old people work out? <laughs> and then I realised. Um, but no, when you turn the corner and then you are literally greeted with like a wall of noise, mm. you can hear High Rocks before you can see it. You can see everyone scuttling about with their little Birkin socks on, um, making sure they can kind of keep their feet prepped and ready before they put on their racing shoes and stuff. Um, I just thought it was incredible. Like... I arrived, I think, about nine, and it was already teeming with people. Like, I don't think it got quiet at all during the day. Mm. So I think even getting sorted, like, doing the athlete registration and doing, like, the sign-ins for the guests and stuff, everyone was super mm. slick. It seemed really efficient this time. It did feel a, a bit of a change or a step up from... Uh, Birmingham in terms of how efficient it ran. However, before we got into the arena, the first thing I noticed was they, I think they'd run out of wristbands. Did you notice that? Well, I did because yeah. I was uh, presented with what one of those like party goer wristbands. Yeah, like, like a promo pr promoter gives you this wristband, says, oh, five euros and uh, this will get you in and get a free shot style thing <laughs> and not the, uh, the cool High Rocks official branded ones that We've all come accustomed to, yeah. yeah. To know and love. Well, Ben, in fact, argued his case to get a uh, proper one. I was I like, yeah, no, I was like, I don't want that. I want, mm. I want the nice, like, silver one. God forbid you'd give it to a first-timer. No. Ben, who's been to loads of High Rocks, has loads of these armbands at home. Hey. No, I want another one. Hey, you, you pay for an experience. And you, you don't want... pay for anything. <laughs> 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 That's a very good point. But at the same time, I'm bringing it to everyone. Okay. okay. They're all living vicariously through me. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, I, thought, I thought it was interesting, though. Like, obviously, it was a big event. There were a lot of people there. The biggest... Am I right in saying the biggest... 
UK-based event they had? Uh, biggest in history. Yeah. Biggest in history. So we spoke to Christian, mm. CEO and founder, um, who was running around um, the night beforehand, actually, testing all the implements, doing a workout, uh, which was hilarious to see yeah. in between forklifts yeah, yeah you know yeah. sledding things to and fro christian was there i love that i'm testing the circuit yeah <laughs> uh which it was, was. <laughs> uh yeah doing doing the thing that me and ben did last time mm. um of just testing every single implement because you know yeah. they don't test it yeah no, no. no heaven forbid like on race day like oh the, this doesn't work <laughs> the sled doesn't move <laughs> well we should um, get into that later actually um we will do um but he said that it is I, I want to get this right. I think it was 4,500. That's the number I remember. And That's the number on Instagram. If, if you look at that weekend, actually, there was also races in Dallas and in Hong Kong as well. Wow. Yes. So it yes. was a mega weekend and for High Rocks. it's now flooding back to me. 10,000 across all three. Yeah. Oh, wow. With almost half being in the UK alone. 45%, if you're being precise. Wow, you really are an accountant. <laughs> Zing. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so that was up from Birmingham, which was uh, 4,000, I think. Yeah. But, bringing on nicely onto my first point, it didn't feel as grandiose, perhaps. I agree. I really agree. I think it was a different type of energy compared to Birmingham. Like, in Birmingham, I had butterflies. I felt like, oh, this is... Mm. This feels more of a magical moment. And but is that magical moment just because it was the season opener? I, that's the thing. I'm, I'm asking myself that now, and I think it could be. But, yeah, I mean, I think we should unpack that. There were quite a few differences. I mean, Luce, how, like, how does it feel for you coming to London? So the last time I was at London, I was competing. But I think the only other time that I've spectated was Manchester. Mm-hmm. January this year? Was it this yes, year? Yeah, it this, this year. year. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of understand what you mean about the grandioso element of it because Manchester was in that stunning venue mm. like really light really high ceilings and stuff versus the XL and I'm assuming it was the NEC in Birmingham mm-hmm. are just exhibition halls they're a bit like they're soulless before you fill it with people and you fill it with the high mm-hmm. energy they are a bit like just walking mm-hmm. into a cardboard box mm-hmm. so I can kind of compare them that way but I'd agree with you it felt it didn't feel as busy this year Maybe because they had a bigger space, mm. um, only a kind of proportionally smaller number of people. But I liked it better this time, and I can't yeah. put my finger on why. That's fair enough. Come back to me. That's all right. <laughs> Maybe it's because you had a beer halfway through. That could be why. Mm. I also had two Red Bulls in the space of an hour, which I feel is <laughs> so unnecessary for me. <laughs> That's true, because you got there before us and you were so hopped up, like, where do you want me? I've got my t-shirt on. Where's the camera? <laughs> Let's make it happen. Go, 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 go. I kept stealing, it was my kind of MO of the whole day, I just kept stealing food that was definitely for the athletes, definitely for the people who would like affiliate mm. with High Rocks, who were like gym owners, and I was just like, I'll, I'll hey, just Hey, that is that. the game. I, I, we, we spoke about this last yeah. time. The, the high ticket price warrants freebies. Yeah, fill your boots. Yeah. I, they were filled. Yeah, I really enjoyed watching that story back on Instagram. I was there like, yes, Luce, go. Tom <laughs> so, was just like, just just head over, just grab some. So I think this, for context, me and Ben were both off racing and Tom and Lucy took the opportunity to kind of take a quick breather and thought, hmm, let's go get some schnicks. <laughs> <laughs> So we were loitering near the, I think it's the affiliate kind of zone where they've got those bean bags mm. and they've got some kind of, uh, some of the Red Bull fridges and mm. stuff and they had a 
table full of jelly babies. And when I say a table full, it must have been like two kilos worth of jelly babies like resting mm. on this table. Mm. And I just had the little Tom devil on my shoulder just going, steal some. Just steal some. Mm. Also, record it because it's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, it for, do it for the van. Yeah. So I think the, the interesting thing about the venue that I found this year comparing to London last year was I thought there were less vendors or less sort of pop-ups like last year in London there was Moju there were like app like well was it fit last year that you could actually do like a what bike thing there and there was um yeah. loads of other different like I think it was a my zone stand there was quite a few other yeah, partners yeah. like mm. and it felt like a vendor village sort mm-hmm. of thing whereas this time around it kind of felt like it was mainly like there's the shop and then there's and food spring was part of the shop they were yeah. they were kind of in, integrated in the yeah. shop right so and other than that, it was Randox. I think. Yeah, it was Randox. And then there was also like a, a cafe that felt like it was part of the NEC that had... Was it the XL, sorry. XL, sorry, yeah. XL. And it, it kind of felt like all this... I don't, I don't want to speak bad at the event because I really enjoyed it, but I, I did feel like the, the, pass, the passenger, the pedestrian sort of navigation space didn't feel as optimised. I felt like I was running into crowds. I felt like I was moving slowly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of... Even in the recovery zone, I felt like the recovery zone felt like a kind of like a horseshoe where there was traffic. Like you, you'd be coming off stage and running into people. And even taking that step further, the same when I was warming up. You did say, you, did, you walked into the warm-up zone and said, this isn't as efficient as Essen. Yeah. You said that the Germans are much more efficient in having like areas where you work out and specific places where mm. you'd go to stretch versus sled and... When I went in the, it was worse in the evening. When I went for mm. the women's, they were like, there was someone pushing a sled and then they just stopped halfway down the track because someone was in the middle of the track doing some stretches. Yeah. It's like, yes, yeah. yes. what are I, you doing? I had the same thing and I was a culprit who was stretching on the carpet as well, oh. actually. Mm. But in fairness, where else am I going to stretch? Yeah. It's, it's concrete floor. So yeah. again, um, I mean, can we, can we go on to this? Um, the, 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 the warm-up zone? Yeah, I think the warm-up zone just wasn't big enough, in my opinion. Yes. So um, the only other thing that I was going to say, it was, it was uh, the, the layout was such that the warm-up was supposed to be next to the starting area, and I guess the recovery zone was also in that area. But it was meant to be efficient, but I think what happened is there was like a three-way crossing that made mm. it too congested, and also... I'm pretty sure the idea is that those three zones that I mentioned start certainly, and that was the case here, but same with recovery and with warm-up zone is only for athletes. Mm. There was no no indication yeah. that that was only for athletes. Um, there was. Other, what? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, there, it was, there was signage, yeah. but there was loads of people in mm. there still. That's what I mm. meant with indication. Guilty. There, it, 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 well... <laughs> If if they're doing it, I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, which I don't I don't mm. mind in in, in principle. Um, as someone who's competing, I would want my mm. um, significant other, family member, friend, whatever it is, mm. to kind of you know give me some kind of last words of wisdom. Mm. But it it wasn't big enough. It didn't yeah. lend itself yeah. to do that. But I think you you hit the nail on the head there. It's like you've got people waiting to support someone who's warming up standing there you've got people who are waiting to greet people coming out of the recovery zone waiting there mm-hmm. and then you've got people trying to fight their way through to the start line all in the same sort of and 10 people meters. sending their support the person yeah. they're supporting but off that's into, what yeah 
It's, it's all those supporters are there along with those individuals. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've also got, for good measure, the bag drop right next to it as well. Oh, true. So, and then and then you also had a, what was it? I think it was a Puma Shoes pop-up. Yeah. Just and Randox was right there. Well, well, and and the stage was right there. Yeah. God, it was awfully congested. And it's yeah. how you got round to spectate for Ski and Row as mm. well, was that exact tunnel of, yeah. like... They need a roundabout. They need a roundabout. Yeah, yeah, great idea. <laughs> Actually, like, why don't we make it like a lazy Susan? Like, you just stand on there and you can like spin whee, around. Whee. I miss my top. I miss my stop. Yeah, yeah. that'd be brilliant. Like a revolving door. Yeah, <laughs> just need to keep going through. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, missed my exit. Um, but what I was going to say on the warm-up zone, it's very much follows the same pattern every single time. They have two lanes: one for sled push, one mm. for sled pull on the carpet. Sorry, that's what, what I mean mm. with lane. Then about 10 odd bikes, a couple of ski ergs, um, I think one set of bags? What, like a, a... Well, yeah, the, I didn't see any bags. Or Were any, there no bags this I time? Didn't see, I didn't see any weights that you could pick up. Didn't see any kettlebells, that's for sure. Interesting. Didn't I didn't see any bags. I, there was two carpets with a loaded sled and an unloaded sled and no... Um, no rope if you, on, on one of them, I don't know. Like hmm. Not it, even more weights? No, additional plates? It, it, it felt like there were too many people in the warm-up zone and it felt like there were like sorry not too many people not enough space and not enough equipment in the warm-up well, those, zone those are two people, different issues there I were people say. waiting for to go on the exercise bike yes. so like, oh are you done are you done and i was like well that, that, that's a bad symptom yeah. to me like so what what I, what I said there is two different problems of it being overloaded but mm. also not having enough equipment and at the moment, it seems like the warm-up area is a bit of an afterthought. Yeah. It, it, like, if I could critique anything... Mm. Lucy's raised her hand. I don't want to interrupt you. Um, you have. Please. <laughs> that's why I raised my hand. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've read somewhere or if you mentioned it in one of your previous pods. Did they have more people per wave this year? Yes, because, because... the st- because there's more people and... They need to facilitate greater start waves. They've they've increased the number from forty to fifty, yeah. and I believe that was the same mm. case this time round in mm. London as well. Because they they introduced that in Birmingham because that was like the first mm. big big scale yeah. event. And I think that carries through to what we saw on the actual track doing the one kilometer lap. It's like it felt busy. It like busy. it felt like you were weaving in and amongst people and. It almost felt like the fast lane, like people were deliberately staying out of the fast lane because there's not enough room in the fast lane. Like there was like, I mean, admittedly it was a wider running track, mm-hmm. but I felt that I was actually like st- standing on the outside of the, in the slow lane most of the time, just so there was space to run. Yes. And I do have a comment on that, mm-hmm. but I just want to finish up the warm up zone. Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah. Because we did kind of get sidelined from that a little bit. What would you think the ideal setup would be? I would move the bag drop, in this specific location, I would have moved the bag drop to a area that isn't sort of focused. Um, I'd almost move it outside of the of the inner venue. And to be fair, they did have like the, the half of the other hall yeah. next, next door, right? Yeah. So they, they, could have, they like, could have done that. In Essen, the bag drop was not inside True. the track. True. And I think that helped a lot because people would do that leave their shit and then they'd go and get ready mm. or they'd go and do something like you don't need your bag like uh, maybe that's just me being naive but like i think really there are people who are getting ready to race and all this like 
it doesn't need to be in the same venue. I think that mm. space would be better allocated for people trying to warm up or at least give some more pedestrian space yeah. to walk around. Yeah. Um, you do have to think about the other side of it though. I know you've mentioned people have loads of support and they come with mm. like friends and family and stuff. What if you are going to race on your own? Mm. You have no one else there, you don't know anyone, you've potentially travelled, so someone's mm. come down to London for the for the day. You have your entire life is in that bag. Up until like thirty seconds before you race, that mm. bag should be on your person in case it gets lost. Mm, I disagree. I think you should be checking your bag in half an hour before your race. Like you sh- you should be stowing that away and getting in the zone ready for it I but to be think... fair Ben you also had headphones in yeah I did like in the, in the warm up mm. zone both in Essen and in London that's your new thing that's, yeah. your, that's your vibe then that's you know supporting what Lucy says because how are you going to take your airpods out and then d- deposit them I think it's only it's only possible if you have the luxury of having supporters I don't think mm. like it's not it's not a case that everyone has the the right to wear headphones and check their bag in i think that there should be a higher weighting given to allowing more people to get ready for their race mm. Mm. i think at the end of it it would be great to have the start and the end zone in different places purely just because of the volume of people going in and the volume yeah. of people going out that would have made a world of difference i mean that was the case in birmingham wasn't it yeah, they, there was is is it what they they weren't as close together the start and the end yeah Yes, yeah. they were. And I think that that added to, I mean, we'll get onto this later, but for me, the, the end didn't feel as big an achievement this time. It was, yeah, because it was so congested. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it really felt like, a, oh, I need to get off the stage. Like, ugh. Yeah. Like, and three people operating the Puma locker, trying to lock it back up. I was like, oh, okay, like, what's going on? I've still continued my streak of never trying to open the Puma locker. But okay. this time it was due to unforeseen circumstances okay, which will. we will cover later yeah. um, so interesting not actually what I wanted mm. from the question when I asked mm. you how would the warm up zone yeah. be ideally set up so um, to perhaps give you my two mm. cents worth something that I think is definitely needed is running machines yes. so yeah. the yeah. bikes are great to get <clears throat> your heart rate up but mm. respectfully running is not the same thing as cycling mm. not even close yeah. um, so you'll see people doing mini laps in the in the you know warm up pen me included and then to give you a perfect anecdote of like how convoluted the whole thing was i saw someone you know quite in the zone doing laps and then someone stood up from stretching they did not see each other and fully rammed into each other (laughs) everyone's fine it was quite comical to watch but at the same time perfect example of it is too busy Mm. um there needs to be some runners i'm Mm. I'm, if it's not the plug-in ones uh that need electric Mm. stuff um, put down the the I, I know them as dread mills. Maybe that's just the like brand. Skill mills. Skill mills. Yes. So the the ones that are slightly elevated that you use your own gravity and body weight to push yes. forward. Those are the ones they've got in the Fit app. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Um, put a couple of those in, as opposed to the the bikes. People need to mm. warm up their running anyway, uh, whether they like it or not. They're about to do eight point six k. So I would say that, and on top of that. I would like a little bit more of maybe some yoga mats where you can actually exactly. do some do some stretching, um, and also maybe just make it a little bit more consistent because it seems like every race you go to, you never know what you're going to mm. get, what is actually going to be in there, 
And that's why I said it feels like a little bit of an afterthought, like, oh, we've got a spare sled, whack it in the warm-up zone. Yeah. Um, oh, we've not got a bag this time, whatever. Um, make it a little bit more consistent and also put more implements mm. in there. Maybe just expand the whole zone, I think. I feel like we're, we're bashing... I, I agree with everything you've just said, like, categorically. I think, like, there's, I wouldn't follow any of that. I feel like we are coming across in a sort of, oh, this was bad, this is thing, thing. Was there anything good about the warm-up zone at all? Put me on the spot there about the warm-up zone. No? Cool. Not, Great. Not, 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 <laughs> partic- not particularly. Let's put the warm-up zone to bed. Yes, yes. We'll cool it down. There were plenty of good aspects. Yeah. Um, I think the MCing was great. Oh, the MCing was incredible. I love the trio of Gus, Faisal, and Gede. I really like them. They were great. They would um, be an awesome like band, or like I'd go and see them in, in concert. I don't know what they'd be doing. They're just hyping people. Yeah. They wouldn't actually be doing any music or anything. They'd just be like, "Let's go!" And uh, this is this is a big thing because we went to Essen mm. last weekend and we had the Deutsch version of it and. No. Dude, it not the same gravitas if you're English, I'm assuming. No, well, well, not even the same energy. Uh, like you can, really? like you can, you can tell if someone's loving it. Like I got a fist bump from the guy in Germany, and I was like, oh, that's nice. But I got a hug. I got Getty running up to me on stage, being like, well done. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> it's like they're just they make the atmosphere, and they like, but they feed off everyone else. Like, yeah. they are a positive reinforcement for everything that's going yes. on that day. Yes. And I, I personally think they're worth their weight in gold. Like, yeah. they, they really are as much a personality of the sport as the professionals. Yeah, yeah. So, there's there's something good. Mm. Another thing is the refereeing or volunteering, whatever mm. you want to call it. I'm going to say that was good. Oh. Um, because it was more... Deliberate. It was more organised. It was more diligent. Um, you got instructions in front of every single gate. There were people like waving you and being like, "This is two. This is two. Mm. This is four. This is the road. Come in here if this is the mm. road." So just making sure that's very clear. And then on top of that, there were instructions like, for instance, you cannot put the bag down anywhere. Yes. Which is a big thing after last week yeah. where, where Ben encountered a bit of a problem and maybe it's because I was picking up on it mm. after you mentioned it but I honestly don't think so I think the, the quality was just higher on, on the burpees I was explicitly mm. told right you need to put your hands next to your feet and step back there's no like mm. that was a pretty clear instruction mm. like okay I now need know what I need to do um, and I think that went really well I, I, I think kudos that's that's been elevated to another level. Big big shout out to the, all the volunteers that day. I think, mm. and I think all the head judges as well, because it felt like there were a lot more head judges that knew their shit. To be honest, and well, we saw them do the briefing yeah. the, the night before and yeah. get all their free poom merch. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah. difference between a head judge and a volunteer? Like, what gravitas does a head judge have that a regular volunteer judge doesn't? A head judge can give you a thirty-second penalty. And a normal judge can only give you a 10 second penalty. Uh-huh. Is that bullshit? That's complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you said it with sincerity, so I believe you. Such bullshit. Such I can't bullshit. wait for that to be implemented. Like, someone's going <laughs> to listen to this and then volunteer and be like, no, no, I'm hit. You have no 30 second penalty. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Max said it was okay. I think they really did step up the game and they had a, a higher show up rate. Um, this sorry, time. hang on, we've not answered Lucy's question. Oh, sorry. What's the difference? What oh, is what the is difference? the difference? 
I don't know. That's the difference. I'll have to ask I th- if I was a betting man, I'd say that a head judge has probably judged before, and so has more experience and has a higher level of training. But interestingly, we did see the judges come round and pick up like full affiliate merch. So if you are interested in becoming a judge or a volunteer, I know on the day they do want you to wear Puma stuff. So I think mm. they do help you out with that. But don't hold us to it. Also, please, if you are a judge, <coughs> let us know what mm. the difference is because we, we honestly don't know. I think it's a very fair mm. question that Lucy's asked. I mean, we did see some, some um, should we say famous volunteers? Who were they? Um, I saw um, the Hogan's were... Famous volunteers. Famous volunteers. They were, they were vol- uh, volunteering on the walls mm. next to, um, I'll shout him out, the big man Brian York. I fucking love him. <laughs> Literally, the amount of love that guy gave me that day. Woo. You're listening, Brian, which I know you are. Jeez. <laughs> um, right, that's enough of that. He uh, he did very well. Go and celebrate him on uh, Instagram. I think Ben's lost his train of thought there a little bit. Yeah, um, I have. I've got know, with his bromance, thinking about Brian York. Mm. I have, because uh, we're getting close to time as well. Mm. Um, we had a really interesting conversation over Pizza and Fanta, um, a.k.a. 12-year-old's birthday party, <laughs> after the race. And that was traffic management and how one might be able to navigate that incredibly complex act better. So it's amazing how hard it is to to ferry people across one side to the other. Um, Hyrox this season have introduced this like island system, right? Uh, That was adjusted midway through the race. Uh, Yes, our good friend Eddie came up with the ingenious idea of having a fast and slow lane and minimising the width of the uh, island to make it more dynamic. And I cannot tell you how proud he was. This is the first first person (laughs) I saw when I got in and he he was going through his whole like... reasoning as to why he did this and then his sister who was volunteering came up and thought who the fuck put this fast and slow (laughs) in place and he's like I did (laughs) Um, really good just sibling calling out straight away but what we spoke about is the possibility of a bridge being erected and well We talked about it when we were reviewing Birmingham, but I think we got to we got to a better conclusion because our main man, Ian Kay, told us that in the UK, legally, it's a lot harder to get sign off for a bridge. Really? <laughs> and that's that's the that's the hard fact of it. I mean, and I, he's a lawyer. Yeah, and he knows his shit. What about a tunnel? But how are we going a, to dig a, a tunnel, Lucy? A, a, how are you going to build a bridge? Well, you can build it out of scaffolding. Yeah, a temporary bridge. Yeah. Not without legal sign-off, you can't, apparently. Yeah, but like, I, I, I guarantee you building a tunnel. Like, imagine the pitfall that would be. Quite Welcome literally. to the next Elizabeth line stop. <laughs> <laughs> I liked here for High Rocks London. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought that was uh, quite an interesting discussion we had, which kind of resulted in us thinking, yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. No. There's the, it's, it's not going to happen. And also... I came up with a really good argument against a bridge. Lucy's looking at me wide-eyed. Mm. Um, if you had a bridge, guaranteed you'd have so much congestion on that bridge because people would want to stand yeah. on it mm. and film the people they're supporting. Like mm. poo sticks. What, what do you mean? Poo sticks. What do you mean? What's poo sticks? Is this an English thing? Poo sticks? I know what poo sticks are, but I'm going to let you struggle. 
Poo sticks is when you're, and I'm sorry to cut you off again, poo sticks is where you as a child, generally, not as an adult, you go and you stand on a bridge and you drop your stick, you're on, on a river, and you drop your stick on one side of the bridge, and then you run across the bridge, and then you see it like come downstream. Oh. So the contestants are like poo sticks. Look, there's my poo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a really good note to end on, <laughs> but not in de- not permanently, shall I say? I think there's enough content for us mm. to put out another episode. Lucy, Easily. what do you think? Easily. Do you want to hang around for the next episode? Oh, I can't say no, can I? No, you can't. No. You're here. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I also did promise in this episode that we get through the Instagram comments, so we'll save that for the next one as well. Oh shit, we didn't do that. Yeah. Tease. Yeah. Well. I think uh, let's uh, rock it out. Lucy, can you wrap it up for us, please? Oh, do I get to do the thanks, guys? I hope you have a lovely afternoon, evening, morning, whatever you're doing, and uh, rock so now. Rock so now. Rock so now. By the way, we love you. We came and spoke to us. Thank you. How polite.